podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. Welcome to episode 17 of the Celtic Exchange. This is Tino and today I'm joined by Miff and Sinky. So despite us naming a full episode after him last week, Eddie Howe has selfishly not yet put pen to paper as our new head coach and as it stands he seems in no great hurry to do so. This is of little concern of course as the John Kennedy effect seems to be in full flow at Lennox Town as the players rediscover a confidence and a flair that's deserted them in long spells of the season so far. Still unbeaten in his five games to date, the real test for him as interim head coach, however, will be in this weekend's fourth round Scottish Cup tie. Muff, how did you enjoy yesterday? And also, does JK have it in him to see his win at Ibrox next week? Hello, Tino. Hello, Sinky. Hello, listeners. Um, I really enjoyed yesterday. It was a nice change. Um, I thought they played really well. Good fluency. A lot of movement. Uh, you know, we obviously kind of pressed up on us for the first, first half hour, but we overcame that. Done the the basics, and you you often hear it said at any level of football when you're individual battles. I thought the the, the players did that and and showed a, a lot of fluency, good attacking play, and it was I, I really enjoyed it. It was nice just uh, sitting back, relaxing, and, and watching us fire in a few goals. It was, it was really great to watch. Yeah, not something we can say or haven't able to say too much this season. Think about it yourself. It's probably the first full game I've watched. <laughs> This <laughs> 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 season, uh, no, do you know something? The Celtic exchange for insight and depth detail on Celtic from a guy that doesn't watch it. No, I'm only, I'm only at it, but no, it was good, really good. So it was actually good to wake up on a Sunday and uh, not have the dreaded check in the Celtic news, and it was all doom and gloom. A bit of positivity, and you can see the John Kennedy effect, as you've just mentioned. Tino, it's um, yeah, all things positive. Good. And without getting carried away, obviously, you know, it's uh, effectively a dead rubber. It's, uh, you know, the first game post-splat. Um, Livingston, though, they are still chasing fourth place, so it wasn't like nothing to play for from their point of view. And they're a team who have, you know, deservedly so got quite a lot of plaudits this season, but we've taken care of them and then some. Miff, as you said, it was good to see that, you know, most guys put in a good performance. Who stood out for you amongst the, the guys? Uh, I thought... Will Schneier, just I'll, I'll go through the, the team for the bat. I thought Will Schneier were, were, were impressive again as a as a as a unit. Um, well, she's use of the ball was, was pretty good as well. Um, I think the um, Rangers had sent some guys to watch us in anticipation of next week, so that explains why Greg Taylor played so well. Um, and then at midfield, I mean, a, a, another great game for Scott Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really dri- driving forward and, and making those runs, timing those runs. Kind of beyond, I think the midfield has been so static at times this season, um, and and Browns he's obviously been encouraged to do so because you could tell he was he was deliberately making runs beyond the likes of um, McGregor and Turnbull, and it made such a difference. Um, I, I, and you need to say, I know you you give me stick for how much of him, but James Forrest yep. doesn't have to make a difference. <clears throat> he's just really good at football, and it, you know if you've got really good football players in your team, you have more chance of winning games. And to me, it, is, it can be no coincidence that Forrest's return to the team has seen the, the, the almost the attacking shape of the team change yeah. because of what he offers, the movement he offers. He knows when to go wide, he knows when to come inside and let Kenny overlap, although sometimes that's not necessarily a good thing, but we'll come back to that. Um, yeah. And, and you know, he just, he clearly is somebody, I think we mentioned it, it might even have been last week, Brendan Rodgers seems to have gifted him football intelligence or increased his football intelligence 
and you've seen him maintain that and, and you see how clever he is just the angles that he makes his movements off the ball and that in turn then benefited Edward who probably didn't look at his sharpest if I'm being honest but still carried a good threat and Elia Nussi who continues to really really impress this season yeah he's been excellent I think yeah you're quite right you know the James Forrest factor it allows John Kennedy to play in a different way and I think when he came in at first and he's only five games in but when he came in at first very little that he could change you know it was, it was a diamond that he inherited and he, he, he stuck fairly close to that now that he's got the natural width of James Forrest as an option obviously yesterday we've seen it you know from the lineup James Forrest to the right El Unice to the left and you've seen the reward there's you know three goals and a couple of assists each between them so it tells its own story probably yourself think of who stood out eh, for me Forrest as well I mean going back to what we were just saying a minute ago the balance of the side looks a lot better we've not got a replacement for Forrest anyone that plays kind of wide right will always tend to come inside but for me it's, it gives that balance a much needed balance to the team um, thought Craig Taylor done well Mm-hmm. Um, looked looked comfortable. Uh, same as Miff, the two boys at the back, Welsh and um, Ayer played really well again. Keeper, I, I know I've been a big critic of keepers for the last few weeks, but I thought it's got to be a couple of absolute great saves. Good, good point. Thinking that, that, that you know you need to be fair. Aye. He made he made some good saves at, at, at good times. So fair play. Aye. Yeah, I mean there was folks suggesting and, and continue to suggest every time Celtic put a line up, you know. Uh, on Twitter, everyone goes Tonto, and there's a guy, or a number of guys, suggesting that we should be going with Barkas now at the end of the season. I think that would be mental, considering what we've got ahead. You know, next weekend in terms of the Scottish Cup, Bain is definitely the the best of a, a limited three. It's fair to say, and it'd be crazy to change that just now, wouldn't it? Hundred percent. You talk about the jury still at Barkas. I think it's he's been he's, he's guilty. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's on his he's on his way. He's on his way. Once yeah. once once the travel ban's over, he's back up the road. Um, now nah, for me, Ben's got to he's got to finish the season in goals. Yeah, I think he's been pretty steady. You mentioned Sinky. Obviously, uh, James Forrest is very much you know the natural option out wide and. We don't really have much choice there. The alternative, uh, of course, has been Ryan Christie this season and he was the guy that missed out last week. You know, a, a lot of people are, are more than happy that Ryan Christie's out. I think he's a talented guy and he's got something to offer, but he's, he's been frustrating this year. What does James Forrest's reintroduction mean to a guy like Ryan Christie, at least for the remainder of this year? I think you can see Christie, like the last the last couple of weeks when Forrest has come back, I think Christie's come on and he's he's actually been done all right. Quite he's, hungry. Quite, he's, he's hungry, he's got a bit of competition there. Um, yeah, he's Forrest is going to give you natural competition and competition is always healthy in any squad, but yeah, I um, I like Christie, I do like him. I know he's been having pot shots for all, all directions recently and he's been getting a lot of, lot of criticism, but there's definitely a player in there, 100%. Yeah. If you like him so much, why do you keep saying those things about him on Twitter? <laughs> that's, 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 my, that's my other account <laughs> <laughs> the views of Neil Sinclair don't, uh, don't reflect the show uh, Miff, you've spoke about lots of the positives which is great you did touch on John Joe Kenny and I think he was one of the, the very few downsides of it yesterday after a decent start a quite a steady start to life at Celtic I think he's shown why he's, he's not featured much at Everton no absolutely and it's very rare at 5 not up you watch a right back just run the ball right out of the park <laughs> very rare yeah um, and any kind of fullback that does that, I don't really want them playing for Celtic. Mm. And yet, here we are. 
Yeah, here we are finding ourselves in the you know the closing weeks of a season, and he's the the best alternative we could come up with. You know, after Fringbong uh, out, out that out that eleven yesterday, he's definitely the one that you would say would be the weak link uh, potentially for for next week. Mm -hmm. They they will they will target him. I, I do believe. And there's just no alternative. He Nothing. will start next week, and and rightfully so based on the squad. I mean, the lineup from yesterday. So obviously we've debated there about Ryan Christie, James Forrest, mm -hmm. but the lineup yesterday is probably as strong as Celtic can play just now. Would you agree? Yep. I would say so, although, to to me, you mentioned there Ryan Christie. Ryan Christie's a, a, a centre midfielder, a central midfielder. Mm -hmm. it, it should be remembered that in order to be able to play the diamond, when we were searching for something and, and to be able to improve the team, it was Christie and McGregor that that were played out of position in order to do that, and it was only through their work rate mm -hmm. that we were able to get away with that. Mm -hmm. Now, it is worth pointing out that you might regard by their lofty standards both those players to have had poor seasons, but they have played the majority of it out of position. Yeah. I think that's the big defence of Ryan Christie, as I mentioned. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's had a good season. But to be fair to him, he hasn't been played in his, his favourite central position, has he? No, definitely not. He's, and I don't believe he's in competition with like Forrest uh, for that wide position. I think he's in competition with Turnbull. Yeah. I, I would say that's his natural position in, in that yeah. number 10 role, 100%. And I think Turnbull just can't be shifted. Exactly. He'll, be, he'll be in that number 10 until he leaves Celtic and rightfully so I think right. yeah um, on, on you know back to a more positive note uh, Moyo Yunusi um, you touched on it Miff another brilliant performance couple of goals and assist continuing on for last week where he got a couple of really nice goals or a one really nice goal as well that's his 18th of the season and what has been a pretty stop start up and down season he's not started every game for Celtic he said you know reasonable spells on the bench should we really be pushing the boat out for this guy for next season yes yeah, regardless who the manager is, I think he's the kind of guy that he fits, doesn't he? A lot of folk have mentioned that they feel that Celtic should be looking for a, I don't know, a blank slate for next season and, and yeah. you know, let's start again from scratch. It doesn't make sense to to not keep a guy of that talent around, does it? You need to keep him. Maybe you start a, a GoFundMe um, tomorrow. <laughs> get, get get a kitty going, but yeah, for yeah. he's got he's got he's got to stay. All the lone people, I, I mentioned the post match stuff. He is the one that's got to stay. He's got everything in his locker, goals, he assists. I, I, I rate him really highly he's, yeah. he's come on to a, a bit of a game he, he kind of dropped off with injury the, the season before but he's come right into a game now Would you make an attempt or an effort to keep any of the other loanies? So the others are John Joe Kenny Diego Laxalt and Sugar Shane Duffy Nope <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd keep Laxalt Would you? Yep I'd I'm surprised at that I think he's I'd keep Laxalt Well sorry the, the John Kennedy Laxalt I would keep He has been a bit better under John Kennedy but I think I think Taylor's the best left back we've got, but I also think we should be targeting better than that as well. And we've spoken frequently about how it's been so hard to replace a Kieran Tierney, but I do think we need an upgrade at left back and a brand new right back. Um, I, I would, I would keep Laxalt. I definitely saying Elianusi. I think mm -hmm. Elianusi's been excellent. And it was only a matter of months ago we were, we were saying in this podcast that we probably wouldn't sign him because we don't know what his best position is, which was true at the time. And I think it again shows how muddied the team selection was and the team shape was for so long this season the fact that Elanusi wasn't playing mm -hmm. and the fact that a, a bit of structure's come into the, the squad and the starting 11 and he's flourished I think that tells you everything you need to know yeah I think so a talented guy um, the, the biggest downside of yesterday and hopefully it won't come to too much was of course James Forrest going off injured I think just short of the hour mark um, 
he looked like he was, you know, a wee bit concerned and he kind of hobbled down the, uh, you know, the tunnel straight away. John Kennedy's come out post-match and said it was something about uh, general stiffness and the, the hamstrings in the back, so he was taking no chances with him. Do you think he'll be okay for next week, just from your, your own, what you've seen of it? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Fingers um, crossed, I think. Yeah, it, it's understandable that after such a long period out, was that his first start? Second, I think he started start. against Falkirk. Um, started against Falkirk so he's played two games ah, well, you, can, you can understand it he's been out for such a long time he'll just need to be managed and, and I, I dare I suggest he'll just need to be managed for the rest of the season I'd, you know whilst we want to win the Scottish Cup and we want to put Rangers out I think having a fit and fire and forest for next season is, is the most important thing because he is so critical to, to how we want to play going forward yeah um, just to go back to John Kennedy so you know, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of kind of chat, John Lennady and all this kind of stuff and saying he's just the Lennon light and all this kind of stuff. I think that's quite a lazy statement to make. You know, it's easy, you know, for his first couple of games, he's not made wholesale changes and people have said, ah, oh, he's just the same, he's just the same. He's not the same, as he? I think he's brought a, dare I say, a freshness to the players. They seem to be, and I know we're seeing a lot more footage of Lennox Town and stuff through the social media accounts, but they seem to be enjoying themselves there seems to be I don't know just less pressure in general what do you think he's done since taking over and and how have the players responded in, in fairness what I will say is the pressure's kind of off now that they're not chasing Rangers because they're out of sight um, and the league's been confirmed so I'm, I'm, I don't really want to kind of jump on, on that as some sort of I think the pressure's just off the players full stop because it's been such a torrid season and uh, and they, they will have suffered, you know, they've seen the, the fury of the, the fans from a distance, admittedly, but they will no doubt have felt the, the vitriol that's that's came their way. But I can see with my own eyes, the level of performance has improved. And that is undoubtedly down to whatever John Kennedy or whatever shackles John Kennedy has taken off them or how he's been able to drill into them mentally, whatever it might be. Um, he has steadily improved with, with each game, the, the, the improvements get better, so... That, that is to his credit, regardless of what happens to him next, the way he's conducted himself, also coming out and speaking out against the um, the lack of action from the SFA on some COVID cases for other clubs, mm-hmm. in comparison with how quickly sanctions were, were handed out to Celtic for the same um, reasons. You know, he's clearly got a bit, bit of character about him, he's clearly got the best interests of the club at heart, he, listen, he's, he's just like us, a, a big Celtic man. But, He's got something about him, absolutely no doubt about that. And whether it's with Celtic or away from Celtic, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to be successful in the in the coaching uh, the coaching arena. Yeah, the signs are good, and he's certainly done himself no harms in the five games so far. Just to pick up on a point you made there, Miff, just you're quite right in what you're saying in terms of the players are playing playing under no real pressure. The league's gone, but that could go one or two ways for players. I, and I was worried it would, if I'm being perfectly honest mm-hmm. with you. I thought it'd just be kind of rudderless. Listen, I think I'm on record to saying that that this could go quite badly. That yeah. we get really limp performances yeah. that just you know are completely meaningless. There seems to be a genuine intensity about them still, mm-hmm. and that, that I will say is, is absolutely to Kennedy's credit. Yeah, because there's one thing John Kennedy, you know, granted Lennox down the end and and coach them in a footballing sense. He's also got to keep their spirits lifted and keep them motivated. And some guys will have their own you know natural inbuilt motivations. Some guys need that you know instilled into them and I think there's no doubt that he's he's got his good players playing well put it that way you know he's, he's got El Yunusi just all of a sudden found a new gear uh, Turnbull continues to tick along Bruni seems to have kicked into life again the last couple of games in different things I don't think it's coincidence and I think it's definitely helped as you know the motivator of the, the Scottish Cup being there but 
I think real credit to John Kennedy. And again, it's not getting carried away and it's not, you know, thinking he's the messiah and stuff. But I just think credit where it's due. Yeah, do think? Player, players can get a manager the bullet quite easily when mm-hmm. switching off in performances. They look as though they're, they're playing for him and they want to get him the job. That, 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 I, that honestly, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you look at the performances and you look at the, the footage for Lennox Town, they're enjoying their work again. And it, it looks to me that like the players are they genuinely like him. There's a bit of respect in there. Mm-hmm. Are are they playing for him to get that job? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think there's no doubt that they, they seem to enjoy what they're doing and, and John Kennedy's getting a you know a different something from them that, that Neil Lennon couldn't. So I think that's a, a valid point. There's also you know, the question marks again, you know, as I say, when the team came out, everyone suggesting that he should be playing the kids and he should be playing a Yeti and Barkas. He's fully justified in continuing to play his strongest team at this moment, isn't he? Absolutely. And even taking some of the lone guys out there, I, I, I believe Ellis is undroppable, but taking, putting Taylor in, say the Lax out for, for that, that for me is planning for next season because I, I don't believe Lax will be here. Duffy's nowhere to be seen. I think he's in the golf course somewhere. Mm. So, I mean, playing the youth players, that was one thing. I, I do believe that he's he's starting to think about obviously the strongest 11 first and foremost, but it's not the type of breed youth in at the moment. We need to finish this season really strongly. And that, that 11 yesterday for me was probably the strongest 11 we could have fielded. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, um, you know, out with his. First game where he started this fella. Have any of you lads seen our old friend Patrick Clamala? <laughs> <laughs> he's gone able. No, no. I think he's picked up in the back of milk cans soon. I think he's just <laughs> gone. Nowhere to be seen. Nice. That's an interesting one as well because he was always on the bench for Lenny. Started on occasion, but he was always around. He's been cast aside and I think, I, I don't believe he's injured and I think John Kennedy spent a wee bit of time with him and just thought he's not ready and not good enough and I think at the moment He's just going absolutely with his strongest team, which is which is his right and what he should be doing. John Kennedy, as mentioned last week, can't afford to look to the next season. He needs to do what's best for Celtic now. Well, what I would say is, based on recent events, shall we say, uh, you know, leaks to the press, suggesting that how deal was close, it then subsequently being kind of kiboshed and no announcement being made. There's obviously like some form of game being played in the background. So... If you're John Kennedy, quite simple, you're still on the hunt. The way the way he'll be looking at it is I'm still I'm still not if if he wins his goes the rest of the season unbeaten, wins the Scottish Cup, he's a viable candidate for the manager's job. I said that at the start when we were talking about all the different people that, that, that might come in, and it still remains the case. Will Celtic fans be happy? Absolutely not. I'll go right there. Absolutely because he's your mate. <laughs> Absolutely not. But but the the board are the board, right? We know, mm. we know how they operate, and you can talk about season tickets if you want. There's loads of mugs like me, loads. I think people will be so happy to get back to the football, they won't particularly care who the manager is. So long as John Kennedy gets those results, I, I was going to ask it later on the show, but I'll ask it now. So if John Kennedy beats Rangers this weekend, gets big results and big performances in the four remaining league games and lifts the Scottish Cup, are you having them? What a question! I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say I'm going. To, I'm, I'm going to give him a go. I mean, the, the stuff. Do you know what I'm going to say yes? I mean, I was all, all for Eddie Howe last week. Get him in. Get him in. I was shouting for the, for the rooftops. But I, I think it'd be hard not to give him it if he gets like if he beats Rangers and he wins the Scottish. The board, you're right, Matt. The board will probably give him it anyway. Well, <laughs> the, the, the the scenario I'm thinking of here is Solskjaer at Manchester United. Mm-hmm. So he came mm-hmm. in. 
took over for a manager who had obviously, you know, he'd, he'd left a bit of an atmosphere in the dressing room. There, there was clearly, you know, things weren't rosy, let's put it that way. And Solskjaer came in, restored the feel-good factor and also went on a run of games where went unbeaten and I think they also they put PSG out in Paris, didn't they? That was the, that was the sort of... That was the peak, and then at that, everybody went. You know, even Rio Ferdinand was saying on BT Sport, "Just give him the job, just <laughs> Gary Neville." Whatever they get caught up in the euphoria, so that's what I'm, I'm, I'm effectively trying to say is that the euphoria could mm. because we have failed so miserably this season and expected nothing from it. And if he comes in and salvages something from it, mm-hmm. that 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 will be our version of that uh, euphoria. I know it's not quite putting out PSG in Paris. I know it's but. That bare fifth Scottish Cup. So you know, that's, it's it's a big it's a big carrot to dangle at the end. It's massive. It's massive. And he's not coming and steady the ship. He's actually steering the ship. Do you know what I mean? He's not. He's actually he's he's doing a, a decent job. Um, but we've seen what happened when Lennon came in after Rogers. Do you know what I mean? He he get he get that nod. Well, Lennon came in after Rogers. There was a few last minute winners. You know, it wasn't it wasn't exactly, wasn't exactly smooth. Smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. Uh, neither it should have been considering the circumstances <laughs> at the time, and and what what seems to be conf- completely forgotten in all this is in the nine in a row season we were excellent for large parts. Of it. So even though Rangers did capitulate and we got awarded the title early, but blah blah blah, um, we we were excellent for large parts of that season. Beat Lazio home and away, who then became a Champions League team. We 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 were we were really good that season, but. You were able to see very quickly this season that things just weren't right. There was there just wasn't a very good feel about the the squad, the per- and there should have been because on paper the squad looked excellent. But like you mentioned when you were talking about James Forrest, the lack of depth and the lack of options in in different areas was become glaringly obvious mm. as soon as there was a couple of injuries and knocks. And the balance of the squad, the squad management was just off. It was just off. So if you think that Kennedy's come in. He does seem to have galvanised the players, and I'll go back and I'll say it again, and I'll just keep saying it. I know folk are listening, so shut up, you wee nugget. But the the level of performance has improved. Mm-hmm. It has improved. We're creating chances. Where you know the players seem to be expending more energy. They seem to be, dare I say, slightly fitter. You know the reason you can score six goals in a game is because you're going for all the game, not just for in half hour bursts, and that's why you're able to do that. And they sustain that. All the way yesterday to the point where, you know, McCrory's pulled off about three or four really good yep. saves. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would have been an absolute. It's probably, probably mine the match for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that it's all that stuff combined that makes me think he is he is genuinely having an effect in those players. Well, the bottom line is he's doing it with the very same players. He's not come in and had a transfer window and brought in anybody different or shipped anybody out. He's working with the exact same group of bodies that Neil Lennon was. Yet he's getting more out of them, and that's what a good coach does. That's what Brendan Rodgers done, and that's what you see across the board. I think it's respect. The player, the players respect him. They, play, they like respect his philosophy. They respect his 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 useful like outlook and coaching. You can you can see that. And for me, he's been there for all the he's been there for the past but ten years. Been part of the coaching of the club. Is I mean, is he getting breeded? Was, was he getting breeded for this job? Like, if he will be Celtic manager one day, is this is is now is now the, is now the time? Well, that, 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 the reason that is the the spectre of it is because this this is get Lobel's part and gift written all over. It. <laughs> <laughs> it has. It's absolutely you know it's Lobel that's ensured that he's been looked after. Rightly so, may I add, mm-hmm. after everything that happened to him. Um, 
But he's obviously put, You said I know Tino um, Ever since you've done That press conference With him I know he, been a, a, It's that kind of Misty eyed look That I comes think, into his I think he winked at me At the end Did you see it Misty eyed look Kendall yeah. That's an excellent question Tino <laughs> um, But <laughs> The The fact Is that he's, he's still there Through everything That's happened Kennedy is still there He must be there For a reason right. Now I believe Kieran Tierney's on record as saying he's one of the best coaches he's worked with. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, he won't have worked with a huge breath at international level. He's now down at, down at Arsenal and he worked with a few different coaches mm. at Celtic. But for a guy, clearly Tierney's going in the right direction in his career and is somebody that I would imagine would have the right ideas about the game. And and that's the type of player, you know, Kennedy's appealing to that modern player and there is something in that because I think Lennon, as we've said before, was a coach for yesteryear mm -hmm. Retrograde step You could possibly say Though who was to know at the time Keen Similar You know I think that's what made House so appealing Is he seems like that Kind of modern Progressive mm -hmm. coach However Given the, the mess That seems to have been made Of that whole Is he coming Is he no Oh it's in the summer It's a done deal But we're not what he's saying now I'm sorry But no That's not how Celtic Do their business Or should be doing their business It's a case of are you coming? Yes or no? If the answer's no, I'll see you later. Because it's Eddie Howe, with the greatest of respect, you know, I, I, I don't think he's such a big name where he gets us waiting three, four, five weeks before he decides, right, there's no bottom of the Premier League jobs coming up, right, lads will come up. No, I'm sorry, nah. no. I agree with that. They should be putting a timescale on it. You know, negotiations are fine and Eddie Howe's well within his rights to say, okay, I need time to think about this. You know, I'd have to uproot my family. Mm. Is the financial package right? Will I get money to spend on players? Can I bring X, Y, Z as coaches? That's all fine. That's all legitimate. And Eddie Howe as well within his rights to ask those questions. What he's not within his rights to do is to say, right, that's fine. I'm going to leave that sitting just now. I'll get back to you when I, when I feel like it's Celtic. Celtic should now just say, you know, whatever it is, 11th of April at the moment, you've got till the 20th or whatever. Yes or no, Eddie? If it's a no, that's the fine. 12th. All the best move on. Never mind the 20th, the 12th, the 12th, we'll go to the 12th. <laughs> whatever it might be, but put a timestamp on it, you know, and then just say, Absolutely. make your call and then we can move on. I think you're right, Muff. I think Eddie Howe is high calibre and, and around about the highest we could get, but he's not the be all and end all. And if he's not the man, then we should move on. It's a strange one, isn't it? Because, you know, this time last week, there was such a frenzy and it was almost like a done deal. Or that, that's what we're all led to believe. And <laughs> it's funny because people then started to get angry at Celtic on Monday and Tuesday yeah. and what he's all about you know playing as like us Celtic haven't played anybody Celtic, uh, haven't, uh, Celtic haven't made they, any I, statements I, I, they won't appoint him until they, till Tom McKay comes in I don't I, I can't see it at all I can't see them Tom's I, in next week I know that's what I'm saying I, I, I think that's going to play a massive part of they're not going to bring a new manager in the week before the new CEO starts so I, I can't I can't see that any movement this week I know people are saying how we're waiting and how I, I just can't see any movement next week until this new guy comes in. Well, on, on that point, that makes sense because you would like Mackay's reign to start on a, a real positive. It's, it's, it's it's a, it makes it, but, a, makes it a great press but, conference. Of course it does. But if you know he's not starting for 10 days after that rumour comes out, which makes me believe the fact it came out in the sun and the fact it came out when it did, it's came for house agents to try and see test the water to see if anybody else wanted them that's you know I'm, maybe I'm just trying to read too deep it's part of the game, it's that's, part how, of the game. that's how it looks to me no. however in no way should we be getting used as a bargain until the fact that that's where we are now suggests to me I would be saying right no enough 
We need a yes or no. Yeah, it seems like a bit of gamesmanship from Eddie Howe's camp. And you just don't know as well. It's, you know, a source said and all this kind of stuff. So it's not Eddie Howe himself. It's, you know, people potentially close to him. And you're hearing whispers here, there and everywhere in different headlines for the papers. But as I said, Celtic haven't come out with any statement and said, news coming on Tuesday, guys, stand by your phones, look out for the stock exchange announcement, set your alerts to, to go. None of that's happened. And, it, you know, it's the same way Celtic played things when Brendan Rodgers came in. As I said last week, you heard about it when you heard about it and it was confirmed as a done deal. I'd prefer Celtic to to go about their business that way. And Eddie Howe would still be my number one choice. But as you say, if there's no... We shouldn't be used as a stepping stone or a bargaining chip for anybody. So if Eddie Howe fancies it and it's all been put to him and, and he sees the bigger picture in terms of the project, then great. And if it's not for him, that's fine. Move on and we can all move on. The funny thing is, you know, in Celtic cyberspace, everyone... Everyone's got the facts. This is what's happening. Lobel's playing hardball. He's forcing John Kennedy upon him. This is happening. He's not getting the money to spend. He's not getting allowed to bring in... Who's the chap? Richard... Richard Hughes. Richard I think that's right. All this kind of stuff. And no one's speculating over this. People are just saying this is fact. Almost as if they're in the in the boardroom meetings themselves. And it's it creates an interesting space online. I don't know what you lads have seen the last week or so, but it's getting quite a wee bit kind of poisonous at times. We had we had him we had him last week making his first two two signings. Was it? Uh, Cookie. Cookie and Josh Josh King was his first two signings. Yeah, they, they were so some of, some of the stuff you hear. I mean, listen, I've seen a few comments yesterday about the players know that how's coming in, and some of it's just as some of it's poison actually. Do you know? Some of it is like it's mm-hmm. so far. We, we don't we don't know what's behind Cosmo, but it's all speculation, and it's good that I love it. I, I love. I don't love it. it. I think it's a nonsense. Know? I think we're in this day and age for. If you don't know, people just make it up and state it as fact. The amount of guys that told us in the last few weeks that Keane was fact and it was happening oh, and get used to it and all this kind of stuff. You talk, I see him doing the Radisson. That's correct. <laughs> but there's a, quite a funny tweet i seen during the week, a, a chap called Dan Tosney on Twitter. Right. And he says, I don't know what's going on with Eddie Howe, but I'm definitely going to invent a scenario in my head to get angry about it, that's for sure. You know, <laughs> just people saying, I don't really know the facts, but I want to get angry about something. So it's Lawwell's fault or it's Kennedy's fault or it's whatever's fault. And we're just in that, that world now, aren't we, with social media that people just want to pass everything off as in the old chat. Well, my, my own personal view on it was that after the, the speculation intensified and it didn't happen, that the longer it went on, the less likely it was to happen. That's still my belief. I, I don't think we'll appoint it. You, you were saying the very words last week and, and you know, I, I can hear them clearly, you know, just you were saying you had the fear. You know, because there have been so much rumblings and, and something hadn't happened in, in, with each passing day. And now it looks less likely than ever before to happen, truth be told. So we'll need to wait and see. Big question for me. Um, do you think Celtic or someone can reimburse me for the emotional time I've invested in watching endless YouTube clips, documentaries and reading in-depth articles on Crystal Palace's new manager, Eddie Howe. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who, who's going to give me that time back? Because I have I've gone on. in, I've invested. I, I can I ask, can I ask? Uh, what's the now that you've watched that right no yeah. just just take a scenario that that's you you've landed on Eddie Howe you've watched all that stuff about him for you is that I get him in absolutely would you, would yeah. you and, I watched, and I know you've you've made some valid points last week about he maybe lacks the charisma I don't know it's a dairy problem that's come out this weekend saying that he's he's an introverted character and that's fine you know introverts can be just as successful in life as extroverts business sport whatever but does a Celtic manager really need to have that charisma? Rogers has charisma. Neil Lennon has charisma. John Kennedy, maybe less so. But, you know, for, to be successful, Martin Neil, absolutely, to be successful in that role, do you need to, you know, to have that outgoing personality, particularly in the goldfish ball that, that Glasgow football is? And would Eddie Howe, as an introvert, struggle with that? Out with his coaching abilities, which I think are unquestioned. 
Um, I, 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 whilst it's not a prerequisite, I think it's desirable, a desirable trait for a Celtic manager just because you're you're managing at so many different levels. You know, you need to be seen as a sort of every man that's, that's, you know, Celtic is effectively a... Don't want to get into politics here, lads, but it's effectively <laughs> a socialist club, isn't it? You know, the, you go back to its roots and it being formed. It's it's a sort it feels like a socialist club. So therefore, they like to see people who can relate to everybody in the role. Eddie Howe, me, like you say, seems a fairly quiet guy who would be so it, it would be so intense into the coaching that I think the job might have the potential to overwhelm him because it, you know if, if you're not getting results quickly you've got a tendency to overanalyze it mm-hmm. but in, in, in Scotland and with Celtic all that really matters is winning yeah. unfortunately after that then it's expected to be done with a, a significant bit of style so you know the, the, the issue I've got with how is, is, is just that his characteristics it, I, I would worry that the job would just completely consume it's, it's very hard to get a manager and a coach these days like both, it's, yeah. there's, a, there's a massive, there's a difference here. Um, massive. That, that's why I was skeptical about Kennedy because Kennedy's obviously a good coach, but does it make him a good manager? So there's, there's a, a bit of a difference between a manager and a coach. Yeah, and it's for Colin, but it's for Colin, so you don't got to take any months. <laughs> but historically, there's guys over the years who, who have been both. Brendan Rodgers can manage guys and he can coach, coach. guys. I think Eddie, Ho- Eddie Howe potentially is a guy who can absolutely coach players. Eddie Ho. Eddie Ho. <laughs> He's Eddie mentioned Eddie in the He's a different guy altogether. But in terms of the uh, the manager, I mean, ultimately, when you're the main man at Celtic, you're a figurehead for a lot of people, and there's a lot of pressure that goes with that as well. And maybe Eddie Howe's not that guy. Maybe he is that guy. Maybe he'd listen to this and tell us that you know he can do that. But it, and again, so so I think it just it's that whole expectation at Bournemouth. You know, the, the results and the achievement, yes, but the, that expectation level, Rogers had a feeling for that at Liverpool, and he came yeah. tantalisingly close to delivering it. You know. Let us not forget that he he embraced that pressure and he he almost took them there. Yeah, um, slightly different way how he's just not get the, the same type of profile in terms of managing expectations. But but what what I think we need just now is someone like him. Mm-hmm. I know I'm completely contradicting myself, but what he's going to bring in terms of organisation, in terms of direction, in terms of even fitness structure, you know, all, all those different things about the club and about the way the team's going to play, I think would be would be welcome and welcomed by the players. He seems to be a players manager. Mm-hmm. He's all about the players. But there's that there's that X factor when you come to Celtic and that's everything else that's chucked in there. And there is a lot. Of course there is. This is why the suggested structure that Celtic are talking about putting in place would work. Let Eddie Howe do the coaching and let your director of football, if needed at different times, come out to be the spokesperson and to, to address the media or whatever. You know, you can share those responsibilities, but it would allow, it would certainly take an element of pressure off Eddie Howe because the Celtic have never really done it. Take away the Scott Brown, Wim, uh, Jock Brown, Wim sure. Janssen example. But generally speaking, for Celtic, the manager has been the head coach, has been the, the guy in front of the media, has yeah. been the guy that's had yeah. to deal with dressing room revolt, whatever it might be. If we can see Eddie Howe just deal with the coaching side and pick the team for a Saturday and win games of football as your prime goal and let the other stuff deal with, you know, through director of football and, and transfer committees and things like that. That might allow, allow that to be a success. Uh, uh, well, but even, sorry, just to touch on a point, even when John Kennedy was apparently the defensive coach, he got the blame for every goal we conceded. So bringing in Eddie Howe as a, as a head coach, they would still 
and, and the Glasgow Gold for and the Celtic fans' expectations, he would still leave himself a bit wide open for criticism if results didn't go that way. That, that's, that's Celtic and that's football. I've no problem with high expectation on a coach mm. and he should be under pressure to deliver football results. And if he can't handle just the football pressure, then he doesn't deserve to be in the job. But as we've discussed there, there's a different type of mm. pressure that comes with managing in Glasgow as well. So I think that's... That's what comes into play. Again, we're investing a lot of time in Eddie Howe and, uh, you know, maybe to Crystal Palace's benefits, so... I, well, but I just thought it was worth, you know, I don't think you're the only one what's, that's done that. Uh, what's, what's, ah, there's what, loads of us. What's old Roy doing next year? <laughs> I think Roy's uh, hanging up the, the jacket and Is taking it, it easy. Ah. He's been around for a long, long time. He's but yeah, it, you know, it continues to rumble on. I'm not even going to touch on, on who it might be, if not Eddie Howe, if not John Kennedy, because we've, we've been there and done that. So as where it is, as I say, this time last week, we thought we were on the cusp of something and an announcement, but it remains to be seen who will be the head coach for next year. Uh, moving back to, to matters on the field, obviously the, the big talking point, certainly on the pitch, is the game against Rangers next week, fourth round of the Scottish Cup at Ibrox. Remains to be seen when that will take place. It's looking more likely to be Sunday. But based on what we're currently seeing from Celtic, um, how confident you know should the players and John Kennedy be at this moment in time? They should be. They should be flying now. Um, after the season we've had, um, obviously the change of manager, the biggest game of the season coming up. The guys should they should be well up for it. They should, the confidence throughout the team looks so much better. The body language I mentioned in the post match stuff yesterday, everything's positive now we've kind of dusted dusted ourselves down got ourselves in a better place and for me I don't I don't believe we should be lacking any confidence going to Ibrox and judging by the, the, the games we've played against them but they've, they've not really been head and shoulders above us in any, any department so for me I'm not going to say I'm confident because you can never be confident in a Glasgow derby but if I'm if I'm a, I'm a Celtic player I'm well up for that next week well up for it what about you Miff? They should be confident because they've, as I say, there's there's been progress made. It's only been a short period of time, but the level of performance has improved. Don't think there's any any doubt about that. The problem I had with the performance against Rangers last time was they were there for the taking, and we didn't really show that desire to go and do it. I'm thinking in a cup scenario, it might be a bit different, both from Rangers and from Celtic, that it might be a bit more toe to toe than than it was last time. And I think, do you know what, I think that'll suit, that'll suit Celtic. I think Rangers will play their, their usual um, kind of game plan. They'll look to try and get Morelos down the channels and, and get Kent on the ball in, in the wee pockets of space, try and control the midfield through through Davis and Arfield. But it's it's really down to Celtic to find the, the solution to that, that puzzle. Um, and, and Forrest being back will, will provide a, a different issue for Rangers because you'll have... Someone who's, you know, I know Forrest and Barisic have had a, a few ding-dongs in the past, but, you know, Forrest will keep him up the, the other end of the park at times. And it'll just be interesting to see how it goes. I think Celtic should be confident. Um, they've, they've nothing to fear as they've played um, Rangers this season and whilst the results haven't necessarily reflected the, the performances, I'd say we've, we've been more than a match for Rangers in games this season. So... A continuation of that level of performance should see them go close. I think they just need a wee bit more of the killer instinct. And what what I would like to see is um, is Odson Edward turning up bang bang at it because if he is, he'll be the difference. Yeah, you spoke about that killer instinct, and I think John Kennedy himself used that very term when he was talking about the game yesterday. You know, it was clinical, um, and they put teams to bed. Interesting that we've only gone with one striker yesterday, much to the 
the, uh, the the maddening of the crowd on Twitter. One striker at home at Livingston, it's a disgrace. The modern game's changed, and it's not just about stick two and three guys up top and you get double the amount of goals. I, I, don't, I don't think that's a reflection of, of your inta- attacking intent in a game. If you just play one up front, because you need to look at the, yeah. the, the shape of the team. If you've got a team with McGregor, Turnbull, Elianusi, Forrest and Edward in it, you should be on the front foot creating chances. It was okay for Brendan Rodgers to play one up front. It worked pretty well there, but when it's another manager, it seems to be not quite as accepted by some. Um, but yeah, you're right, but Hudson Edwards crucial, isn't he? You know, there's a number of guys that played pretty well yesterday um, and, you know, a lot of the goals coming from midfield. But interestingly, you know, Hudson Edwards didn't uh, contribute to the six, certainly in terms of, you know, getting a goal himself. He was involved in the first goal, of course, um, and some decent playing spells, but he's lacking that Killer instinct, as you mentioned, Buffy. He's just—he's not quite at himself, is he? No, even the way he's approaching the ball, the touches he's taking, the way he's running with the ball—everything just looks off. Um, and when I say off, I don't mean oh, he's no trying or he's mm. jacked in. I don't mean that. I just—I don't know if the uncertainty over his future's now beginning to really take hold um, on his level of performance. But for me. I wish he would just, you know, clear the decks and say, right, if it's my last six or seven games and my last six or seven games, just go for it. Do you think there's such a thing as a player like Edward, you know, what's what's left this season? Four league games and however many games left in the cup to go and win it. Do, do the maths on that, maybe seven games. Do you think a guy like Odson Edward thinks about the possibility of getting injured in those seven games? Does that come into your head? I don't know. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But if you were to get a, a bad injury at this moment in time, it could potentially scupper any big money move. Will that come into his thinking? Well, ju- just to say, on, on the case of Edward, it's quite unique. Well, maybe not overly unique because we did it with Ayer as well, but... Unique you've, together. You've, you've, you've taken a professional footballer at a very young age, brought him to Glasgow, and through their formative years, they've grew up at Celtic, playing for Celtic. So whatever happens next for Odds and Edward, well, I say whatever's happened next, he's more than likely going to leave. Let's be honest about it. It's about 90, 95, mm-hmm. 5 that he's going to leave. That's going to be a huge step for him yeah. in his life. He's now a, you know, an adult. He's, he's grown up. He's going to be moving on. Who knows what country he's going to go to. You know, in his head, he'll be wondering, you know, what the hell's going to happen next? Where am I going to go? Maybe he's already got that sorted. Maybe that, mm-hmm. Maybe that's what he's thinking about. Would you be worried about getting injured? Of course, I mean, it's your livelihood. It has to come into it. You know, take the Celtic thing away. He's a human being. It has to come into it. You'd want to protect yourself. But I, I would I would hope that it's been a mutually beneficial relationship, Celtic and Odds and Edward. You know, it takes two to tango in, in these instances and Celtic's been good for Edward as good as he's been for us. Yeah. The, the thing is, you know, the, the practicalities of it are that the, the Scottish Cup final if Celtic are fortunate enough to be there, takes place in around about a month, you know, middle of next month, and that could be Odson Edwards' last game for Celtic Football Club, potentially for Ayer and a few other guys as well. So actually, in life's bigger picture, he's thinking, this time next month I'll need to be getting a new house. I'll be going elsewhere. My whole life will be changing. All those things. So they could be spinning around a, a young man's head, and it might be quite hard to take on board. Aye, that, and you're talking about the injury stuff. I mean, if he, if he knows he's going to be moving, you'd think he'd be stepping right up. I know his performances for the under-21s for France have been great, mm-hmm. but there's people we're watching him for, for Celtic, and do you know something? All will be forgiven about his lacklustre performances if he turns up next week and bangs one in at Ibrooks. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've already forgiven him. He's, he's, he's given us <laughs> enough good times. I know he has that. Another thing, Miff, so you've, you've talked about, you know, Celtic will need to have that, that clinical nature, that killer instinct next week. One thing thing which we definitely haven't done for long spells this season is put in 90-minute performances we've shown in flashes. There's no doubt, we know there's talent in the squad, but at times we've seen it only for 20 minutes in a game or half an hour or only for the first half or for the last 20 minutes. If they can find that consistency under John Kennedy and put in a you know a solid ninety minutes, they've got to have every chance. And also, and what I think would be really crucial is to get a relatively early goal because the longer games go on without Celtic scoring, and we have seen it all season, and I don't think they've you know blown away the the, the nerves that those bring. Is that if they don't score, you know, in the first half, you know, how many games have we got into nothing each this season? Quite a lot would be the answer. And the players seem to feel that pressure the longer games go on, particularly in big games and a game like Rangers obviously a big one next week. I feel if they score early, it'll settle them down and that would give them a real platform to build from. But it would remain to be seen if they can go and do that. You know, it's a pressured situation and so far this season they've not proven it. So would you be confident they can go and do, you know, do what they need to next week? Without a living hundred percent. I'm I'm the more we talk about it, the more confident I get. I'm gonna leave here thinking we're gonna win three 0 with end with the end of this. Um yeah, I, I honestly like Celtic even like talking back to games at Parkhead, you talk about the first half. I remember sitting at Parkhead, first fifteen minutes the crowd start to get a wee bit antsy about I got like there we're playing against Livingston, there's no goals after fifty minutes. You can hear you can hear the, the boo boys getting in getting a wee bit or like what's going on here and ch- ch- get the boy on change it. Um <laughs> I, do you know something for if we can keep it I know like obviously an early goal will always help confidence and get you get you up there, but you're right, you know. It's the amount of games this season we've in now now and it's been panic stations. I, I, I can be back to the fans not being there or that 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 good pressure that comes from playing in front of your own supporters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, an early goal would be a dream scenario because they uh, has Rangers really been challenged this year in terms of other other teams? Absolutely not. So no. I would set a marker down, absolutely. Yeah, they've had it on easy street domestically, so and it's up to us to change that. Miff, would you make any changes to the eleven that started against Livingston? Is there anyone you would bring in or I asked the question, I think I knew the answer, but would you would you pair somebody with Eddie? Would you change you know, would you would you bring in a Yeti or Griffiths in place from given that he's off form, or do you go with the what is probably the strongest eleven, which was yesterday's? No, I think the the performance of the game against Livingston deserves to be rewarded for those that that took part in it and were the main protagonists in it. So, I, w- I wouldn't be making any changes. The, the the key thing to bear in mind about Rangers and they've had one of those seasons this season where everything's went right for them, mm-hmm. and when it comes to a cup game. You know, sometimes it can just come down to a slice of luck, but certainly I don't think we should be going in there feeling in any way complacent. <laughs> I don't think we've got any right to be complacent. You know, I, I, I think a few good performances and everybody's, you know, everybody's think, oh, great, brilliant, the feel good factors back and th- things like that. But Rangers have domestically went unbeaten in the league. That's over a number of months. So that's to, that's to their credit. But that lack of competition at domestic level could be the very thing that catches them out against us because we are the ones that will will hopefully serve it up to them. You yeah. know, we'll press them high up the park, we'll put them under pressure and we'll take them to places that other than maybe against selected teams in the Europa League they've, they've not really been too often. So my only hope is, you know, the combination of us being slightly back on the upward um, track and hopefully them, a few of their players, maybe already been on the, get the speedos on on the beach, <laughs> um, we, we might catch them out. We may catch him out. Maybe so. So just as we start to wrap things up, there was some good news this week when it was confirmed that there will be fans in attendance at Hamden for 
I think the four Euro 2020 games that are taking place there. So 25% capacity, somewhere around about 12,000 fans will be in. So that, that's good news. Uh, unfortunately, though, they won't be allowed in for the Scottish Cup final, uh, which is a bit frustrating. So two big questions. Number one, uh, will Rangers appeal here for the COVID-5 have taken place by then? Probably not. Probably not. We'll, we'll give them every chance to be available. Number two, would it be too sensible uh, of the SFA to move the Scottish Cup final to a Murrayfield, a Celtic Park, or a Hamburg? Ah, that's that's, far too, that's far too sensible. Hundred percent. You know, but it's, it's been pitched out there. You know, and, 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 you know, take away who who's in the final. Take it. Take all absolutely. Sure, it's just mad. Yeah, if mad. the world and the you know the government and the Scottish government are saying we can now start to get fans back in, why not take? 10,000 to Murrayfield or 10,000 to anywhere there's a number of options isn't there well they're doing it in England aren't they they're doing the whole testing with Wembley with the, with the cup yep. so Aye. I don't yeah. understand the SFA can't, they yeah. can't follow suit it's, it's a strange it's a strange one for me it's puzzling and there is you know there's just such a lack of transparency with all the decisions uh, the SFA and it, it really is a puzzler I'm being flippant about the Covid-5 but the fact that their appeal here has taken place Still, a, I think it's a week tomorrow or a week on Tuesday, something like that. Why can that not just be done over Zoom in a few days' time? I just don't get it, you know. And maybe I'm putting too simplistic a viewpoint on it. And again, with the you know the Scottish Cup final, for anyone, it just seems common sense to say, okay, could we just take it to a? Geez, could you take it to Broadwood and stick five thousand fans in Broadwood? You know, anywhere. I don't. I don't agree with you much, but I think you're on, you're on the money with this one. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. So, as we start to wrap up, lads, do you have any final thoughts? And also, I'm going to ask you both for your your scoreline prediction for next weekend. Miff, I'll come to you first. Uh, no, just I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to the game, which I've <laughs> still get that wee sense of trepidation just because of the way this season's went. But looking forward to the game, I suppose. But we've got the chance to right some wrongs. It would it would leave the fans. Uh, the players have got something to play for, not just for the point of view that the Scottish Cup is who you're putting out, but the fact that would you know you're not just giving yourself a chance to win a bit of silverware. You're stopping Rangers for doing the double, um, which in this part of the world is probably just as important. So I will go for two one Celtic. Nice one. Sink it. Two 0 and I'm gonna start I'm gonna start hashtag do it for Bruni trending on Twitter. So keep oh, keep your eyes peeled, listeners. Keep your eyes peeled. He's away. I'm of a similar mindset. I'm gonna go for three one. I think if Celtic Ooh. click like they can okay. click and if that confidence comes into play and they do get the early goal that I mentioned. I think they can uh, can win comfortably, um, albeit a, a tense game next weekend. So, while it remains to be seen who Celtic will appoint in the various key roles for next season, John Kennedy continues to do what he always said he would, which is to prepare the players best as he can for games of football. It's a simple approach and one which he's done pretty well so far, but can he take it to new levels this weekend with victory in the Scottish Cup fourth round? I think he can, and I'm pretty sure he and the players think so too. My thanks to Miff and Sinke for joining me on today's episode of the Celtic Exchange. And if you're enjoying the show, please support us by following and leaving a review on Apple, Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. It really makes a big difference to what we do. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you again next week. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.